Welcome to the Don Pravda and Erica Gray Show, The Twist. Welcome to The Twist News. I'm Erica Gray. A proposal was adopted in the EU Parliament that is going to cause a geopolitical seismic shift that has not ever been seen before on the world stage. Such a shift that the world as we know it, or the geopolitical world as we know it, is going to cease. And you may think, wow, Erica, what are you talking about that could be that dramatic? Well, what's this dramatic is a treaty change that is now in the works. And the proposal was a series of amendments that are on the path now to being converted into an actual treaty. The proposal was spearheaded by Giever Hofstadt. Giever Hofstadt is a seasoned EU politician. He is the former prime minister of Belgium, a long-standing MEP. He was the president of the Aldi group until it became Renew Europe when Emmanuel Macron's party and march merged with Aldi and now is Renew Europe. So now Mr. Verhofstadt is part of Renew Europe. And he was the rapporteur on this particular proposal of treaty amendments. And Verhofstadt oversaw the conference on the future of Europe, which was a lengthy conference which brought together citizens, but it was spearheaded by a group with a certain direction and he came to the table in the EU Parliament because he is on the Committee of Constitutional Affairs with the many proposals. And these proposals are going to catapult the European Union into super empire status. So we're going to take a look at these proposals that were now adopted and are promised to produce a radical and ambitious reform of the treaties, which is stated here by Giver Hofstadt in a tweet, breaking European Parliament proposes radical and ambitious reform of the treaties, ending unanimity and creating a defense union. And this proposal did not go without protest. What is shocking is that the European Conservatives and Reformist Party were part of this group, this rapporteur group. And they put forward proposals and their proposals were not adopted. Not one was adopted. In addition, their report states that the scale of proposed changes is downright revolutionary as it envisages a massive transfer of competences to the EU level, taking away competences from the member states. It includes demands to shift the decision-making process towards a highly centralized structure that escapes democratic control and above all to eliminate unanimity in decision-making in almost all treaty areas. Their report states that its proposals further weaken the member states and that there's a number of changes of political and ideological nature that were proposed and the ECR lists their proposals, which were rejected. So we're going to take a listen 
to the ECR rapporteur, Jacek Sarvisk-Wolski, on what he had to say about these amendments that will be coming into the next EU treaty. Uh, we are against hijacking Europe by this uh, anti-democratic, anti-federal project uh, to turn EU, as we know, into a superstate. Uh, the purpose of this report, as it was said, is uh, Article 48 procedure, which will be triggered with this report, which we expect to be voted uh, tomorrow, with us being against, uh, for the reasons uh, which you'll hear about now. There are 267 changes in the treaties proposed. I'm, I was one of the six co-rapporteurs, and I left in the final stage when the principal uh, announced at the beginning of consensus among the six co-rapporteurs was violated uh, outright. No proposals which ECR presented were taken on board. That's why we left the group in July in protest. Um, those changes are revolutionary and, and uh, mark a Copernican uh, revolution in, in terms of political system of the Union. It is also irreversible in terms that once new treaties come into force, it is practically impossible to change. And it leads to turning sovereign member states into, into vassals or into regions and uh, creating a centralized hegemonic superstate run by mainstream oligarchy and escaping democratic control because it moves the decision-making process from the level where democracy works, which is nation-state, to the democracy where there's huge democratic deficit and no European demos, uh, which is European level. In addition, I want you to hear what ECR co-chair Rizark Legucto has to say as well concerning the areas that the changes are coming in. And Mr. Legucto, summed up the changes in this statement at the EU Parliament. Thank you, Mr. President. The report is living proof of how dangerous the EU has become. One is reminded of a well-known story about Dr. Frankenstein, who wanted to create a perfect being, and instead he created a monster. The European Conservatives and Reformist Party are at the EU level, meaning that they're looking at how this is going to affect Europe. But in the rest of this broadcast, I'm gonna show you how this is going to affect the world. Recently, the Russia-Ukraine war brought in a shift in which the world is divided between West and the BRIC countries. But the European Union is about to top the charts as far as becoming the leading world empire. And I'm going to first show you a clip from Verhofstadt on what he had to say. In Verhofstadt's speech, he talks about age of empires, which he references a lot, that we are in an age of empires. And Verhofstadt in 2009 actually wrote a 60-page book uh, titled New Age of Empires, in which he argued that the EU needed to be one of these empires because we were coming into an empire age. That was in 2009, and Verhofstadt was accurate. 
So let's hear what Verhofstadt had to say. And then I'm going to go into what this means for the world. Uh, since the approval of the Lisbon Treaty, that's quite a number of years ago, uh, the world has changed uh, uh, dramatically. And that we have, uh, since then, the last years, lived in a brutal world, a world of what I call empires, in which the, the sovereignty of the peoples and the countries uh, of Europe can, in, in my opinion, only be secured uh, through an enlarged uh, European Union and a more enhanced European Union. And I think that we have to be, in this debate today, honest with ourselves. That is that we are, for the moment, not ready for this more brutal world in which we have entered and also not ready for the absolute uh, need for an enlarged European Union to 35 or 37 uh, member states. So, so these proposals are coming prior to the EU's enlargement of 35 to 37 nations. That's 10 nations more than exists in the European Union today. So I want to give you a couple of facts before we look at the scope of the proposals. The European Union currently is almost a half a billion citizens. It was over a half a billion, it's under now. But once 10 nations join, or 7 to 10 nations join, it's going to become huge. In addition, the EU is a hub for trade for the world. It is the world trade hub. It has over 84 different trade packs. There's no other empire that can even match the European Union in trade. This not only increases the growth of its GDP over time, but it also hedges its economy against shocks, such as if the US dollar collapses. So we're gonna take a look at a couple of the proposals within the changes or a couple of the amendments and talk about what this is going to mean and how the European Union is about to become the leading global empire. So the report initially sums up what exactly was changed. And we see that there were institutional reforms. And so the institutional reforms streamlined the institutional process within the EU. The EU was never meant for 27 nations, and it was only meant to function with up to 12. The European Union has always been driven by federalist or federalist ideology, but the federalist vision could never be achieved because with so many nations, decisions were hard to put through. So essentially, many of those decisions now will be put through. And within these, this proposal are many of these changes to essentially make the EU like the United States. But what the conservatives are saying is that it's not even federal because a true federation is a democracy with balance of powers. And the European conservatives are saying that there is essentially no balance of powers and there's too much power in the center and they compare it to the Soviet Union. But we're gonna take a look further at these changes and what this is going to mean for the world. It calls for a defense union. 
for the establishment of a defense union, including military units, a permanent rapid deployment capacity under the operational command of the union, proposes that joint procurement and the development of armaments be financed by the union through a dedicated budget under parliamentary co-decision and scrutiny, and proposes that the competences of the European Defense Agency be adjusted accordingly. So through this treaty, the EU is going to have a bona fide defense union, its own army. The Lisbon Treaty established PESCO, the Permanent Structured Cooperation Council, as well as the European External Action Service. It gave it its foreign policy arm, as well as the Strategic Compass, which gave some boots on the ground, as well as other areas of coordination. But it was the beginning. This finishes the job and actually creates a EU army in its entirety, a defense union. So imagine the European Union with over half a billion citizens, it's going to have its own army. Don't think that that army is not going to be powerful. The next proposal has to do with the Euro, that all the member nations will use Euro. Well, this is only going to boost the Euro as a world reserve currency, but in addition, Right now is the Capital Markets Union, which is looking to take each of the member states and coordinate their capital markets so that you mirror the US and have an S&P 500 of the Eurozone companies or of Europe's companies, and that Europe will have its own S&P 500. In addition to the Capital Markets Union is the banking union coordinating the banking through all the member states. So essentially, think of the U.S. market and think of Europe now working towards having its own market that is EU-wide. Again, over a third bigger than the United States. Doesn't have the issues of the U.S. The U.S. has tremendous debt right now, tremendous debt. Europe doesn't have this level of debt. Countries are not holding as many reserves at this time. It is something that the Euro is working towards, having countries hold more Euros as reserves, but it's going to become more attractive in a 37 nation union that all uses the Euro and when the capital markets union and banking union take place. Goodbye US dollar as world's reserve. If the dollar doesn't tank until then, this move is gonna also catapult the Euro as the world's reserve. So you're going to have an empire that's going to be very, very strong and powerful. So this proposal takes many areas, energy, science, technology, health, and coordinates the policy, streamlines the institutions. In addition, in addition to the EU military, they adopt a NATO clause that an attack against one is an attack against all, so that a nation state will have the protection of the EU in its entirety. There are 179 pages of this proposal, and it is ground-shaking, because you have to imagine a union with 37 nations that's already a trade hub for the world, that's already the trade hub, being in a position that they'll be able to 
most likely having their currency become the world's reserve by virtue of the strength of its empire. And then when you take the non-democratic aspects of it, or the fact that social policy will be adopted, that it claims and states is democratic. This is a major game changer for the nations of the world. And Emmanuel Macron has already proposed a reciprocity clause for nations trading with the European Union that if they don't adopt certain EU law, they won't be able to trade. So this is a new paradigm and a new world order that is coming. And it is, as Mr. Verhofstadt stated, an age of empires. But while the conservatives, of course, are looking at what's going on within their borders, I'm showing you how this is going to affect worldwide and how it's going to eventually affect the United States. The United States will be adopting EU laws. And the United States, when its dollar does cease to be the world's reserve, is probably going to follow Japan in having a lost decade while the EU continues to just grow stronger. The other aspect that needs to be pointed out is that further changes will be easier to come through with this treaty. But this is ground shaking. This is a seismic shift. This is a game changer for the world. First, the intergovernmental conference will take place. The treaty will be decided will be devote, voted on, and then on a specific date, the treaty will be enacted. And on that date, the world is about to change forever. Well, this has been Erica Gray with The Twist News. Stay tuned for more. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. And I'm going to be in Rome with the European Conservative Group in several weeks and expect some interesting reporting. Till next time. Tune in next time for more from Don Provder and Erica Gray for their twist on world news.